When he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder, it looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. And this darkness, literal darkness, just came like all over, just, just all over me except where I was standing. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. fantastic episode for you today i'm super excited about it um i started to clap i i gotta watch that i'm bad for it um my students tease me about it my wife teases me about it i <laughs> when, I'm, when i'm in church or if i'm at school or whatever if I'm, being, I'm, I'm just uh i'm a clapper you know i like to encourage so i'm constantly clap 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 but uh i'm excited about this uh this episode in particular i'm bringing on a guest um Barry. I'm not going to get into his last name. I don't know if he wants to share that or not. But Barry wants to share his uh lifetime of experiences with us. The very serious episode. Um I'll just cover over, you know, in a nutshell what we're going to get into is when he was young, um he believed he was being abducted. Frequently, he uh, was having bouts of sleep paralysis. And then, you know, he as he got older, he he got into some pretty dark topics, some dark subjects with journalism, into UFOs and black-eyed kids. And um, as life goes on, he started putting pieces of the puzzle together. He started figuring things out. Um, he went overseas on a missions trip. To Nicaragua, and uh, things really just escalated from there. So I'm gonna let Barry talk about it. Um, I'm just extremely excited to to hear how this all works out, to see what's going on today in Barry's life. Um, so we'll just we'll share that together. I haven't spoken to him a a great deal. You know, he gave me just like a, a Cliff's Notes version of what's going on or what's been going on, and you know, I want to hear more. I I really believe that you all, the listeners, are going to love this. Um, you'll probably have a lot of input, a lot of support for Barry, and I, I think that's a wonderful thing. And we all need to support each other with anything that we go through. You know, we this community is like a family. You know, um, not just between listeners. I know we have listeners that listen to half a dozen different podcasts, maybe ten podcast in the same vein well all of us podcasters are becoming friends and family too with each other um we're all pulling together we all have uh 
our own mission, our own our own goals and what we're being led to do. And a lot of time that that weaves together. Um you've seen that with me and the guys from Appalachian Intelligence. Um the guys with Appalachian Intelligence, the Hollow Sky, the guys with the Hollow Sky with Tony. Um, Tony with Sword and Staff, Sword and Staff with me. And it, you know, it it just flows together like that, you know. Um, and there's a lot of in between, you know, a lot branching out and you know, forking off in between. Silver Pilled Podcast, um, Cryptids of the Corn. Is there, there's just so many, you know, from the shadows. There, there's so many shows uh, and podcasters out there that that get into this same thing. Um, Shane Jones, uh, the inquiries of our reality. He He's into this stuff. Everybody has their own perspective of what we're talking about. And it just builds and builds. Um, and th there's some key central players in that. Um, like dark waters, <laughs> you know, everybody, all roads go through dark waters at some point, you know, we all, we all lean on him. Well, let's not forget blurry creatures. There, I just shouted out about eight or ten podcasts that you all need to listen to. Um, oh, that's so fringy. That's another one. That's one of my new favorites. I was just on their their show a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. Love those people over there. Um, as far as this show goes, there are going to be some changes going on again. I'm trying to figure out. Uh, the the website it's not looking it's not working like I want it to, um, so I'm gonna probably just like tear it down and rebuild it this summer. Um, as far as memberships go and supporting the show, I'm very grateful to everybody that's on Patreon and that's been a member on the website. What I'm gonna do is probably go back to being just exclusively on Patreon and focusing on that and making the website for you know reference and uh hollering at me you know leaving an open for the podcast store and stuff like that the believer store um but i'm going to make some changes on youtube also i believe what i'm going to do is just see how it goes anyway you know i try to post a video every week onto youtube as well as the show that way you have audio and you have the visual if you'd rather watch it. I think I'm going to shorten the videos onto YouTube, you know, put a clip on there, but make the videos exclusively for patrons. You know, if you want to get on Patreon and watch the interaction, um, might just leave them uncut and just, you can just get everything that's going on and you get to watch it and sit in with this kind of thing, you know, and uh, like I said, this summer, having the schedule that i have i'll probably have a little bit more free time and we'll we'll get into some stuff um i'm talking with a few guys that i i don't want to open i, I don't want to openly discuss the stuff that's going on but just know that there's about three or four of the podcasters that i just mentioned we're going to have a uh an adventurous summer i'll tell you that all right um Let's go ahead and bring on Barry. Um, before I do that, if you guys want to get a hold of me, thebumppodcast at gmail.com, holler at me. I'll get back in touch with you if you want to be on the show. Uh, 
if you just want to talk about a certain episode, um, holler at me on there. I can I can try to put you in line with people. Our Discord server is jumping off. Check it out on Discord, uh, Instagram, Facebook, all those things. But if you're if you're trying to reach out for the show to be on the show, email is the best way, or you can call the bump phone, and that is 304-812-0553. You can call it, leave a voicemail, or you can just text. Either way, don't matter. Um, I'd just love to hear from you. Let's keep this show going as long as we can. The more people that get in here, the more content we'll have, the longer it'll last. Um, three years. Ain't that something? Thank you, guys. Thank the good Lord above for letting this show go for three years. All right. I'll shut up. Let's bring on Barry. Yep. Yeah, so um, I am one of those kids that, well, I'm one of those people as a kid that uh, grew up with uh, grandparents that um, constantly had like the weekly world news in their <laughs> in their house. Um, so I'm very familiar with Bat Boy and alien abductions and things like that, like from an early age. And I think at even an early age, I knew that 97% of everything in those magazines was total crap. Um, but I was fascinated with them. Um, and um, so I would visit this particular grandparent um, and I'd read through these things and I just, I became at a young age, just borderline obsessed with like alien abductions in particular. And this was, this was like late eighties. Well, no, hold on. It was early to mid eighties um, where that whole thing was starting to take off where you had um, Whitley Stryber's book had gotten a lot of attention uh, communion. Um, and it seemed like every time you turn on the TV to inside edition or whatever, it was something about alien abductions. Um, and so, and I specifically remember I would have this dream, I'm hoping it was a dream, um, but it was only when I was at that grandparent's house where I was laying in the middle of a cow pasture and there were cows all around me standing on two legs and just kind of looking down at me in the same way that you always hear the abduction stories, you know, where someone's on a table and the, and the grays are, are looking down. And so that always freaked me out. And I never told anyone about it because it's kind of embarrassing. But, you know, as I got a little older, I just assumed that it was the influence of uh, all the stories from those weekly world news magazines I was reading. Um, but as I got a little older, uh, probably like around, I don't know, maybe like 11 or 12 um, I started to have these experiences at night where I would wake up and, and this isn't just at that grandparent's house. This is, you know, at my home, uh, 11 or 12 years old, I would wake up and it would be just an instant thing. It's not like something startles you and you kind of groggily come to like, I jerk awake. I, well, I say jerk awake, but you're, you're lying. I'm lying still on my back and I can't move. And I'm instantly terrified. Um, and even like, you know, trying to focus, okay, maybe I can, let me, let me just concentrate, move my fingers. Maybe I can do that. Right. And uh, it just never worked. And it would, it would go on for about five or 10 minutes until I could finally summon the courage to, 
like call for one of my parents, which, you know, when you're 11, 12, 13 years old, it's kind of embarrassing, you know, like mm-hmm. having a bad dream and calling a mommy and daddy, but that's how bad it was. Um, so I also on occasion wake up in the mornings with these minor nosebleeds. I'd wake up and there would be like a little bit of blood on the pillow, dried blood, uh, you know, under my nose. And so as someone that has read about abduction experiences quite frequently, you add all that together and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm being abducted by aliens. And so from the ages of like 12 to 14 or 15, there, there was that fear in the back of my head. I'm like, is that really what's happening to me? Like, it, it, there's so much evidence to support all these the stories I've read. Um, so I'm, tr- I'm trying to think the next, the next, uh, I don't want to leave anything out. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, take it down, man. At some point, I guess probably around 17, 16 or 17, um, it just seemed to stop. I, I, I can't recall a time after like, 15 years old where I experienced that feeling of waking up um, and just being terrified. So um, I went to college, did the college thing, uh, never dealt with it there. Um, Came out of college, you know, had those couple of fun years and I never experienced it there. Um, And then, and this is where I may have to Tarantino the story. and I didn't understand this or realize this until, you know, I'm going through the talking points to have this conversation with you. Um, during that time where I wasn't experiencing what I now know was sleep paralysis. When I, During the time that I wasn't having that was a time in my life where I experienced a lot of paranormal stuff. Um, really? Yeah. So I, I had one very intense i don't know the word i have like ghost encounter um i saw uh what i i know for sure two ufos maybe four two of them may have been been easily explainable um just um things like that like um not all the time but enough to understand now looking back on it that maybe there was something going on there um and uh again though I didn't realize that until after the fact but so did college had those couple of you know fun years or whatever and um I ended up getting married um right around the time that I my wife and I were engaged I started to uh I made the decision to pursue a career in uh what I was then calling paranormal journalism um, you know, this was when blogs were still a thing and it's oh, yeah. before it's, it was right when the ghost hunting shows were starting to really catch their footing. Um, and so I started really, really digging into research for the strangest things I could find. Um, and I had a couple of pieces published by what were at the time, fairly well-known, reputable, um, online publications, um, and I was looking into things specifically uh, like uh, UFOs, alien abductions. I got really, really, I went really far down the Black Eyed Kids rabbit hole um, to the point where I published an article on Black Eyed Kids online and it exploded. Um, I got 
like an idiot. I put my email address at the, I, I gave the publishers permission to put my email address at the end of the, end of the article. I know I got 500 emails Oh wow! Um, about people with experiences where they themselves thought the black eyed kid um, phenomenon was nonsense, but they had experiences that were similar, um, you know, entities like asking for invitation into their car or into their house, uh, entities that had black eyes, like no pupils, entities that they would meet and just call this overwhelming sense of dread. And so as I was going through that phase of my life and really digging into these um, into these topics, I started to get this overwhelming sense of, and this is going to sound cheesy, but it's the only way I can think of it. Like, so um, one, one moment that just peeks up in my mind is like literally leaving um, a Walmart one night and walking to my car and it's dark and there's not many people out. And I just, feel like I'm being watched. I feel like there's something not following me, but something that's like aware of me, if that makes sense. Yep. And I would get that feeling at least once or twice a week. And it wasn't too long after that, that my sleep paralysis started again. Mm. Um, This time when it started, it was a lot more severe. Um, it, It, there were nights where, as I laid down and turned out the light, I knew it was coming. Not all the time, every now and then. I almost knew, like I could feel it. I'm like, it's gonna happen tonight. Um, and every time I got that feeling, it did happen. Um, this time when I was uh, experiencing the sleep paralysis, it's the same thing. I would wake up all of a sudden, instantly afraid, can't move. It almost feels like it's hard to breathe. Um, now I know a lot of sleep paralysis stories, um, come with, uh, you know, I saw figures in the room or, you know, I, I heard things I never, only once did I ever actually see something What what I would at the time I, I, I figured it was like one of the, like a shadow person. Hmm. Um, only once did I, did I experience that, um, there were a lot of auditory, uh, pieces to it, um, footsteps, uh, what I thought was maybe someone else breathing other than my wife. I mean, it was very pronounced, um, like deeper breathing. Um, and I guess on an average, it would last about 20 minutes. Can't talk, can't move. Like I'm even like, I'm, I'm, I'm like trying my best to just move my pinky over just to kind of like scratch my wife to get her attention because I'm terrified. Right. Um, so this went on for maybe two years. I uh, I tried to figure out probably three to four times a month this would happen for, for over the space of about two years. Um, it's also very important to point out that um, at this point in my life, um, I was a non-believer. I was an atheist. Um, and uh, so the idea of like uh, praying for protection or praying for understanding or wisdom, like none of that was even in my toolbox. I didn't have a toolbox. I was just, <laughs> I didn't know, just terrified, no idea what to do. Right. Um, so uh, <laughs> I won't go into this part of my life, but um, made some very bad decisions in my life. Um, and um, 
one thing kind of led to another and um i ended up giving my life to christ and um as a new believer knowing what that means on a like a on a base level and then kind of trying to understand and learn it um see even during that time there was still some sleep paralysis but you know i had people at my church that were um kind of walking me through what it looks like to follow christ and um how that how like things in my life that i needed to change um i had kept the sleep paralysis stuff to myself um my, my wife knew a little bit um because even still it's like you know i'm waking up terrified i feel like a frightened child it's a little embarrassing um and so i never really mentioned it to anyone uh they did know that i used to dabble in in like the paranormal journalism um i even got into ghost hunting at one point i had some of the oh, equipment yeah. and heard and saw stuff that to this day like is why i firmly do believe you know there are ghosts there are um that's a whole nother conversation um but um but yeah so gave my life to christ and as i'm walking through that you know some of the people the community that kind of drew around me at church was like well um we can see that you know it look it seems like you've got a genuine faith that you're you're open and you're and you're curious about what else to do to get closer to god so it looks like your next step is baptism and so i scheduled baptism i got baptized um and just kind of carried on with life and um I realized probably about six months later, uh, the sleep paralysis had stopped. And so I kind of I sat down with um, with my brother one day because he was the one person I'd actually really gone deep into the sleep paralysis thing with because he's always been interested in the paranormal too. And, you know, we would kind of bounce ideas off each other. Right. And um, he's like, so when when is the last time you had it? And I can't give you an exact date or anything like that uh the last time i experienced it was about five days before i got baptized after mm -hmm. i got baptized nothing not a peep wow um so to me that was i mean it sounds kind of selfish like okay god you know show me one more thing that you're there that you're real um it's almost like i'm showing off <laughs> it's oh, like yeah. <laughs> um which is really cool um and so after i realized that i had no problem telling people about the sleep paralysis because it's like it's one i understand that it happens and now it will at that time i was like and you know maybe there's a demonic element to it because you know once i legitimately gave my life to jesus and even if you even if you do think baptism is nothing more than a symbol like right. apparently so did demons <laughs> like i mean because <laughs> Um, so yeah. And so, um, that's where I was for several years. Um, and that was pretty powerful. That was, uh, to me, one of the defining moments of, okay, not only is there a God, um, he's as powerful as he says, he's capable of everything he says. Uh, he does have my best interest at heart. Um, so that was really, that was a huge moment. Um, the part two of the story, unless anything that you want to call out or point out, because part two of the story is 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 little takes it takes a turn. Oh yeah, well, this would be a good spot for me to uh, to ask a, a slurry of questions because I do have yeah. a few. Uh, 
uh, one, I, I truly appreciate you sharing the story with me, man. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, it's hard for me to keep my mouth shut, but I didn't want to interrupt you. You know, <laughs> there's, yeah. there's so much going on and it's so, I just thank God that, you know, this part is behind you that yeah. you made it through all that. Um, one, this intense ghost encounter. Mm -hmm. I don't want to take you too far off on a tangent, but I would love to hear. Oh yeah. No, it's, and it's so, and as a Christ follower that has put the vast majority of interest in that kind of stuff behind me, it's a wrestling match because during that. So I, this is whole, I'm trying to go off on a tangent. I understand there are things in the world that a lot of people see as paranormal and supernatural. And if you boil it down and look at where it comes from, it's, it's demonic. It's all it is. Yes. yes. However, I personally, just my opinion, believe mm -hmm. that there are certain ghost encounters that are separate from that. How, why, I don't know. Right. It's just my experiences. So um, I grew up in a very, very rural part of Virginia. Um, and it's, um, it's, a, it's so it was very heavy in like um, hunting and there were a lot of like logging companies. So there's like logging roads everywhere. And, um, but there are occasions where, and I've heard, uh, so I've heard family members that are in the logging industry. So as they're, as they're clearing tracts of land, it's nothing. Well, it used to not be nothing. Um, it's not uncommon to come by an unmarked slave cemetery. Um, yeah. And so, you know, hearing those stories as a kid is fun. Uh, but um, there was one night where um, I was probably about 15. I couldn't have been any older than 16 because if I was 16 and it was a Saturday night, I would not have been at home. Um, so I'm <laughs> guessing I was 15. Um, and I'm uh, at home, I'm, I'm babysitting my younger brother uh, as my parents are out. And I'm sitting and I'm watching TV and I get up and I'm going to the kitchen for something. I don't remember what it is. But when I get up, um, just randomly, like my, my, my field of vision just passes by the living room window as I'm turning around to go to the kitchen. And I see a man standing on the porch. My first thought is like, who the hell is out on the porch? Why are they here? Like, it's, kind of, it's like 10 o'clock at night. Um, and then as I kind of freeze and look at it, and I'm t it's maybe eight to 10 feet between me and the other side of the living room window. And it's an African-American man. I'm pretty, sh pretty sure, um, obviously, you know, the, it, there's some translucence to it. So you can't be positive. Pretty sure it's an African-American man. Um, he's wearing a tattered gray suit. And the, the suit was the part that I think threw me at first because, oh, this is an actual person. There was a very, very, the, the gray suit seemed almost uh, physical. Like if I were to step out on the porch, like I could actually hold it in my, like it, that was more real than the person was. It was really strange. Um, He's wearing a bowler hat, like an old school bowler hat. Um, I think he was holding like a walking stick. I'm not sure. Like a walking stick or a cane. 
Um, and everything below that, the window cut off. And there was a good five seconds. I'm just sitting there staring at him. Wow. And it just eventually just kind of, it, it, it doesn't like wink out. It just kind of like dissipates sort of almost, almost like fog and um, scared the crap out of me. Um, and uh, the next day, uh, let's see, if I was 15, my younger brother was 11. Yeah. So the next morning, rather than tell my parents, um, I was like, dude, guess guess what I guess what I saw last night? Because he's a huge Ghostbusters fan. He's like Ghostbusters nerd. Mm. Um, I was like, guess what I saw last night? He's like, what? I was like, I think I saw I think I saw a ghost like on the porch. He's like, oh, is it was it the black guy with the bowler hat? No way. <laughs> Turns out he wow. seen he had seen him twice, uh, in wow. the house and on the porch. Um, and so it was one of those things where, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I've seen, or especially when I was ghost, quote unquote, ghost hunting stuff that I had seen and heard that I could easily explain away if I really wanted to this, right. there was no way there's nothing that I could, there's absolutely that. Yeah. I saw the ghost of an African-American man wearing a bowler hat that my brother had also seen and never told anybody, um, in that same house on occasion, um, you would hear two different times, um, like at night, you could hear someone. We had a we had a staircase that went down into the basement that led to the main floor. Um, you could hear footsteps, and I would try to commit. Well, it's just a house settling, you know. That's the famous excuse. Um, but the foot the the footsteps would get louder as they got to the top of the stairs, and then they would recede. They got softer as they went to the bottom. And I don't think how settling noises do that. Nope. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that that was the ghost encounter that um, really, really wow. freaked me out. Yeah. You know, and it's one of those things, man. That's what the U and bump stands for. It's the unexplained. You know, yeah. it's, it's that it's that. Why would that be demonic? You know, that that that's yeah. not accomplishing anything, in, you know, to take away from God. So where does this fall in? Like, where does this ghost where does that fall in? I, I don't know either. Yeah. And, and the thing is, and I've had to, I, I guess just because I had such an interest in darker stuff, like since giving my life to Christ, it's, I have, uh, I have like filters that I put up. Yeah. So for, for that ghost thing, um, I don't know. Um, but I have to be okay with not knowing because if I <laughs> go into that again, there's, it's it's harder if i go into that again i i just i know that it's a rabbit hole that i am far too interested in yeah and it's a, tem it's a temptation I, and, yeah and some people can handle it right i know that i can't yeah <laughs> um so it, it's not knowing and being okay with it yeah that's hard yep. that they that's that's totally okay man yeah like like i said it's a it's a temptation you know, if that opens a door that might lead to something wrong, then keep that door shut. You know, mm -hmm. it's like uh, some people that recover from alcoholism once they get saved. Yeah. You know, they can still some people can go out and have a beer with their steak dinner. You know, mm -hmm. it ain't going to hurt anything. You're not getting drunk. It's just something to have with your steak. Yeah. Other people, if they have that one beer, it's going to get them right back into, you know, drunkenness and gluttony and stuff. So, you know, we we all have those we all have those triggers we have to be very mindful of and 
I won't push too hard about. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's okay. And, it, it, and it's not just there either. And, and this is something I also wrestle with. It's um, so for me, <laughs> I'm going to probably make a lot of people mad with this. I'm still convinced that 75% of the ghost hunting shows uh, stage. Oh, yeah, man. Okay. Yeah. All right. However, that that's a touchy point for me. Like, I know that if I start watching them again, that it's going to take me somewhere I shouldn't go. Yeah. Uh, one, one of the things that this filter, that's what I call it. I mean, I guess you could put up, like, you could say it's blinders or whatever. Um, it's even like, so I'm a huge fan of horror fiction. Um, I'm a huge fan of horror movies. There are now, ever since I gave my life to Christ, I have to use it. So there are certain, there's even movies. Like I'll see the trailer. I'm like, oh, that looks good. No, can't do it. Can't yep. do it. And the example I give is so like, if you look at a movie, uh, if you look at like uh, it or Stranger Things, stuff like that, like there's nothing inherently demonic about those things. But then if you look at like movies like Insidious or a, a big one for me was The Witch. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know I can't go there. Um, yes, I know that someone wrote the story. I know that it's just makeup and costume, whatever. I, like there's something in me where where God has put up some sort of I don't know. I don't I don't I don't know what it is. It's just like a I've got a better sense of if I watch this, I'm gonna go somewhere that I shouldn't go. Right. I still haven't seen all of the witch and there's a part of me that because it's like like cinematography wise it's right. amazing it looks so good right but i haven't been to make it through the entire thing um but anyway I, you know on those things use your own discernment you yeah. know like some people feel fine listening to the same kind of music you know before christ after christ yeah. you know after they give their life to the lord they, they might still want to rock out to Jay-Z and Beyonce and stuff like that. <laughs> For me, I can't do it okay. because I I know that they are associated with Luciferian arts yeah. openly. Yeah. And, and they're that's... openly practicing these things. So I can't listen to their music, you know? Yeah. I have to, and that's just for me. I don't care at all. I mean, if my wife turns it on, I don't yeah. care. It's, yeah. That's her, that's her walk. For me, I can't do it. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I know I'm going off on a tangent here. I, I'm very rarely given this opportunity to kind of go here. It's a little bit of a soapbox. Um, talking about the movies. Um, so, and I'm sure you've probably noticed this because you just mentioned the music too. When I was a kid and I developed my love for horror movies, it was Freddy, it was Jason, it was Chucky. Oh, yeah. All three of those, there's an almost comedic element to it. Yep. They're also all rated R. So if you had a responsible video store, which, you know, um, you had to right. have a parent. If you look at the movies, at horror movies now, half, if not more than half of them, they're demonic in nature. They're PG-13. And somehow it's accumulating like a younger audience. Yep. So yeah so becoming very aware of that too like even in our house like you know um screening things like stranger things before my kids watch it um yep so but yeah um that's my soapbox yeah uh, i agree with you 100 percent, man 
I think the intention has changed in a lot of these things coming out of the yeah. mainstream entertainment. Intention has changed. Um, used to be for entertainment, mostly, maybe. Maybe I was just naive, but I feel the same way. that It was. It used to be a, an entertaining kind of thing. Yeah. Now it's like an agenda. And I, I, I know I'm not the only one that feels that way. Yeah. That, that's just the way I take it. Uh, so I, I agree with you 100% on that. Um, sorry to to pull you down all, no, no <laughs> all that way when you get ready to tell your your part two to this, but I do have a couple more questions. That's, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. When you were baptized, mm-hmm. I, I got a couple more, but I'm just going to leave those off because I don't <laughs> want to. Uh, I don't want to open that door. Um, you're, hey, it, yeah, you're fine. It's too- no, no, no. It's okay. okay. Uh, when you got baptized. This might sound like a goofy question, but mm-hmm. there's a reason why I'm asking. If you're like me and you like to go camping, hiking, hunting, um, just be prepared in general, then uh, I recommend you check out Squatch Survival Gear. Their packs are 100% made in America. Each component on the packs are American made. It's a veteran-owned company out of Texas. Um, it's my buddy Chris. He started this out of personal experience um, in his military service. He he fashioned these packs, you know, off of packs that he used that he had to modify to make them something that uh, is more more convenient, easier to carry, less of a load on your body, and the, let the pack do the work. They're amazing. I own two. I have the uh, the Rock Ape. And the Mothman pack. I love them. They're the best bags I've ever had in my life. These bags are bomb-proof. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. Plus, they're comfortable. When I have them on, I can carry around. I can hike with 25, 30 pounds. And it, it doesn't strain my body. The pack does the work. Um, you have to see them for yourself. So, go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com to check them out. If you decide to, to purchase one of these bags... Use my promo code. It's 23BUMP this year. Okay? It's 23BUMP. Use that promo code and it'll save you 15% site-wide. These, these are packs of all sizes. You know, if you want something, you know, small, everyday carry, or if you want some kind of a go bag, like a, I'm not coming home bag, he's got them. Check them out. SquatchSurvivalGear.com. Promo code twenty three bump. Have you seen the 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 series on? I think it's on YouTube uh, for everybody to watch. Called Dark Holler. I have. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. That's my that's my buddy. Uh, a couple of my buddies. You know they that's their docu series, and we're working on a second second series right and now. I can't remember. That might be how I actually heard about your podcast. I can't. I can't remember a hundred percent. Yeah, um, I had a very short cameo in that. I was okay. helping them do a little research or whatever. Yeah. But in that series, you know, if you've watched it, that it's it kind of originates and revolves around this young lady, Kristen, who was mm-hmm. baptized. And at her baptism, there was like an accidental exorcism. Mm-hmm. Did you do you recall any kind of similar experience with your baptism? 
to where you felt a, like an oppressive weight lifted off or anything like that that would um that could have been there causing all this sleep paralysis or, um or was it, was it strictly just a uh, a good feeling um you know it, it, th that's something i've i've thought about a lot um and as much as you know I, I, as much as i would love to like put that icing on the cake um yeah, no, it's so the, the only thing I remember feeling and for me, I'm, I've always been <laughs> funny enough. I've always been skeptical of all things religious, but you tell me a ghost story or an alien story. I'll buy it in a second. Yeah. Um, so no, but I do remember, you know, cause the symbolism in it is, you know, you go under, a, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, unclean. And when you come out, you, you're washed in the blood of Jesus. Um, I do remember just that sense of freedom, like initially. Um, I won't be so <laughs> poetic or cliche to say all the weight of the world fell off my shoulder. It wasn't anything like that. Um, but there is the only way, to, the only way to explain it, it does sound cheesy. Like you come up out of the water and there's a, yeah, you've been unburdened. Right. Um, did I, was I aware of any kind of presence or, or darkness leaving me now? Um, but, um, in the days and weeks and months that, that followed, I became more aware of that is more or less what happened. It just wasn't this instantaneous, right. um, you know, magic, you know, magic trick. There was, there was no scream that carried off no. through the woods or anything like that. No, no. Yeah, and you know it does feel cheesy to talk about it sometimes, but it's totally okay, man. You wake up, well, you come out of that water a new man. You know the old man's well, dead, and that's one of the reasons. I mean, again, uh, high school and college, um, I was a staunch atheist. Like I was for a couple of years. I, I was a mean one, um, just just because I, I saw a lot of hypocrisy and 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 things like that coming out of the church. But I remember even even after I gave my life to Christ before being baptized, I was like. There was a lot of stuff that I would read or hear. I'm like, oh my gosh, the cheese level. Yeah. But, but, you know, there's merit to it. And I think, I think for non-believers, and this is why I try to be careful and why I don't mind sharing stories like this. Like there is a lot of cheese. Yes. But it's because trying to explain things like how you felt the moment after baptism, like it's almost impossible. Uh, so yeah, you've got to resort to cliches and it's, yeah. You do. And it's okay. And it gets easier the older we get. Once I hit middle <laughs> age, I'm like, I don't care about none of that. I'm yeah. going to call it, you know? Yeah. But you know, it says, it says in the Bible that we're going to be new creatures, that we are a peculiar people. Yeah. You know, if peculiar, <laughs> you know, if I'm a little cheesy sometimes, oh, well, I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, all right. I think I'm ready to to tackle part two. Is it? Are we going to get into uh, everything in the email? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's part two. That's part two. <laughs> okay, I'm definitely <laughs> ready for that, man. Okay, so um, got baptized. Uh, my wife got baptized the same day, which is really really cool. Um, and I'm just <laughs> I'm just now realizing I didn't get her permission to share some of the stuff. I don't think she'll care, but. <laughs> Um, 
so she we got baptized and almost right away like she was on fire um and uh it, which was awesome um just kind of you know you, you know you know scripturally the man's supposed to be the you know the head of the house but like all made i mean i'm not even gonna lie about it those first couple months she i mean she was my example and uh one of one of the things she did uh she went on a missions trip to nicaragua and um uh, the short version of the story is um our church used to partner with a for lack of a better term orphanage it wasn't really an orphanage it was this group of people that this this is some hard stuff i apologize beforehand to your listeners um there were people that would go into brothels and rescue little girls that had been sold to the brothels and i'm talking five years old oh my god uh, yeah and uh um, so now our church didn't take part in the rescues, but so the these girls would come back and there was this home slash orphanage, whatever, where um, they were housed and fed and given medical attention and taken care of. So my wife went there and when she came back with some of the stories of what she had experienced, um, it was my first like stumbling block as a new believer, because I'm hearing these stories. I'm like, how can a caring, loving God let these things happen? And that was my, fr- that was usually my like ammunition as an atheist. And now as a believer, I'm faced with it again in a whole new context. Right. Um, and, and so I just remember praying for understanding. Um, and it just, I just kept coming back. How can you let this happen? How can you let this happen? What are you doing to stop this? And clear as a bell one day, I'm like, what, you know, why aren't you doing anything to stop this? And his response to me was, why aren't you? Wow. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, check, checkmate. <laughs> um, and so uh, the next time our church uh, organized a trip down there, I went. And it was, it, it sounds awful, <laughs> but um, because you, the situation that we're stepping in and all these, the stories and just seeing these little girls uh having come out of this terrible terrible situation um it it was amazing to be a part of it um and while i was there um i got to see this church service where a woman that had been rescued from prostitution um honestly a lot of it down there's not even prostitution it's like you're sold to a brothel and you're theirs you belong to them um but she was giving her testimony, and I know at least two women gave their life to Jesus that day. Oh, and man. so seeing that, and these, so they would send a bus out to the brothels, and these prostitutes would come and see the service. And so two of them gave their life to Jesus. And again, it just clears a bell. Jesus is like, this is why. Yeah. See, okay. So I was hooked. Um, came back home. On cloud nine, there was no doubt the next trip we took, I was going. Um, so I went on the second trip. Um, this one was a little different. Uh, we didn't visit that home. Uh, we visited uh, one of the ministry leads um, from that home that kind of is like another um, another organization that was birthed out of that home. And we did like a kitchen remodel for them and um, just some stuff like that. And there was one day... Um, 
our team lead was like, hey, we're, we're going to do some pretty hard stuff now. Um, and we went to an area just outside of Managua um, where it's known for their brothels. And so we were going to go through, we were going to talk to these women and try to share the gospel with them, just let them know that they're worth more than, you know, what they think they're good for. Right. Um, which for a while was super impactful to me. Um, but we got to this one part. Uh, well, so, and I'm trying to explain like any, any, scene you've seen from a movie where someone's in like a third world country, like the marketplaces with the filthy ground and the booths and the whatever, that's exactly what it was. Um, the brothels were these stone buildings. No, like most of them didn't even have front doors. Um, it's just like the stone building. Um, some of them, like they were, some of the women kept their babies there. There were cribs in some of these brothels. So the women could put their baby in it while they, you know, wow. serviced the, the men that came by. Um, so we took a turn down this one alley and we're walking single file because it's a pretty dangerous part of part of the city. And literally, like we each um, we either have our hand on the shoulder of the person in front of us or or, or, or like the women were even like holding hands just in a chain so you can't get separated. And as we turn this turn this corner, one of the women in front near the front of the line kind of turns to the rest of us and just says, Hey, be warned. Like it just got dark. And I didn't know what she's talking. I figured out, Oh, what is it like a canopy up here? Or is it like a shade or whatever? But no, you go around that corner and you can feel oppression and you can feel darkness. And it was like, it's the only way I can think to explain it is like walking out of your nicely air conditioned house into like, muggy thunderstorm conditions <laughs> like instantly yeah um and it reminded oddly enough the way it felt reminded me of again back when i used to do ghost hunting like you would hear people talk about hey i just walked through something it feels like cobwebs but there's no cobwebs I'm, i don't know if you've ever heard that or not but oh yeah almost what it felt like and it just rocked all of us um, but we, you know, we finished and, uh, we went back to where we're staying and it was a very somber, somber mood. Um, we finished up the trip and on the way home, one of the women just spoke up and she's like, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Um, ladies, because the, the men and the women obviously slept in different parts of the, the house we were staying in. It's like, ladies, did anybody else feel or hear or see anything in our room and one of them said she thought she had heard someone moving around but just assumed it was one of the other women two of them said they'd had really bad dreams um and um that was it no one really talked deep about it you could just tell everyone was shook yeah. we came back home i'm home for about uh it's a, a five or six days, not quite a week. And I wake up instantly, soaked in sweat, terrified. And I'm like, oh gosh, are, are, are we back here now? And yes, we are. We're back here. <laughs> um, but um, this is the first time that in addition to all that, there's something on top of me. 
Um, it's not choking me. It's not hitting me or assaulting me. There's something on my back. Like I'm sleeping on my stomach. There's something on my back grinding into me, pushing me down into the mattress. And the one, <laughs> the one time I've told this part of the story in like a church setting, my wife was with me. And she's like, look, I missed him while he was gone. I didn't miss him that much. It wasn't me. <laughs> um, this was a, it was a physical unseen presence on top of me. And as a new believer and having kind of studied up on this stuff, I knew, okay, you know, um, I, I belong, like I'm a child of God now. Um, I don't wear the armor of God very well, but I know what it is. Um, and so I knew what to do. And so I start praying as loudly as I can in the name of Christ, leave me in the name of Christ over and over. And oh, you have no authority here. I, uh, I belong to, I belong to Christ now. Um, probably for about two minutes and it stops. And as soon as I feel that weight leave, I'm unfrozen. I can sit up. I can breathe easier. My wife is looking at me like she's horrified. And I was like, what? I'm, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She's looking at me like, I'm horrified, like she's horrified. And I was like, oh, I probably, all the screaming probably will. Because I was screaming these prayers. And I was like, what? She's like, what just happened? I was like, hold on. Let me let me get my bearings. I'm looking around the room like, is, is something still here? Right. And I'm like, I'm sorry for the screaming. And she's like, you weren't screaming. Like you were like muttering in your sleep and tossing and like turning. You weren't screaming at all. I know I was screaming. Um, so that was the first time like like I didn't I couldn't go back to sleep. Um, it was the first time I had been physically assaulted by whatever was causing. And so it was also the first time that like, there was no doubt in my mind now that what I'd experienced all back through my life was demonic where it came from. I don't know why I, why it was me. I don't know. Um, I mean, I have theories. Um, I do think much like, you know, as believers, when we ask, when we ask Christ to come into our heart, I think you can, inadvertently kind of do the same thing to dark things absolutely uh, even, i'm not going to say like hey if you're in the supermarket checkout line and you pick up a weekly world news like that's not inviting <laughs> you know but I think, right. I think you can take it a little far i have no doubt that my deep deep dive into um black eyed kids um demons it, it, i'm pretty sure that's where it came from yeah it opens anyway. doors yeah yeah. Um, so the next day I'm I'm calling church elders. Like I'm I'm terrified. I'm calling church elders. Uh, hey, what can I do? Um, and um, a couple of them, like on the phone, uh, prayed with me. I try to go by my day. I get a call the next day from um, an assistant to one of the elders. Like, hey, can you come into church? It's like, sure. And I'm thinking, like, you know, they're going to maybe, you know, pray over me or, or, or something like that. I go to church and the other two, because there were, it was me and two other men that went on that trip. I get there and the other two men are there. And uh, the elders kind of gather around us and we sit down at a table and come to find out the other two men, like, they're not having the same problems I'm having. They're not having sleep paralysis, not being assaulted. 
Um, one of them, uh, when he gave his life to Christ, um, gave up his, he, uh, he had a little bit of a drinking problem, got back home. It just assaulted him. Yeah. Um, had another one that just, one of the nicest, like most upbeat, encouraging people you'll ever meet, came back home instantly super depressed. Yeah. And um, so they were like, look, you guys came into contact with something. Um, it's obviously demonic. Um, we're going to pray, pray it out and um, we'll, you know, figure out what steps to take from here. Um, and so we did that. And I remember, so again, um, I'm in a, and I don't want to say where I am because I don't want to, I've shared a lot of, it wouldn't take a lot for people to connect the dots. So all I'll say is it's a church in Virginia. Um, we have a, a, a pastor that is quite Southern. <laughs> um, mm. And I remember to this day, like word for word, he's like, look, I know it's scary. Um, I know you guys are kind of shaken up, but what you have to remember is Satan's not going to kick a tree that's not producing fruit. Hmm. And that has stuck with me. It's like, you know, it's, it's kind of like, look, you guys are like, you're being attacked because you're doing a good job. That's it. Because, and um, so that really stuck with me anyway. Um, and I've actually got it. My, I've got notes here. Uh, it was exactly two weeks later, exactly two weeks later. Um, I woke up again, same thing, same thing. Um, this one, it started, I, I was, I had a dream and it's murky now. I remember I was like, it reminds me of like Wizard of Oz when uh, Dorothy is like balancing herself on that fence in the pigsty. I don't know if you know what scene I'm talking about, but yeah. I was doing that in the middle of this hurricane and there were pig-like things on the ground, and I was about to fall. When I fell, I woke up, same thing, frozen, terrified, can't breathe. And there's that pressure again. And this time, it's like right away. It's just there, and it's harder, and it's, it feels like it's heavier. And this time, I, I immediately, I don't waste any time. I'm like, in the name of Jesus, get off of me in the name of Jesus, you know, you're expelled. Um, it didn't let up to the point where I'm freaking out. Like I'm afraid I'm going to suffocate. Like it's so hard to breathe. And so my prayers literally just become me basically chanting Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And for about, I don't even know, but I guess 10 seconds or so I hear a voice and it's, and this is going to sound cliche. It's it's gravelly. It's growling. It's and I and it's repeating it back. Jesus, Jesus. Like and I don't know if it's mocking me. I don't know if it's like a terror from it. But after a while, it's done. Um, I same thing. I woke up. I'm like almost crying, and my wife is like praying over me, and so. I'll go back to the elders and um, kind of go deeper into, okay, there's, we, we need to stop this. What do you do? What do we do? And I'm expecting just because I was raised in horror movies, I was expecting them to, okay, we're going to have to get an exorcist in your house, <laughs> but there's yep. nothing like that. Um, and this, I know for a lot of people that are, are more accustomed to the more explosive stories, this might seem like an anticlimactic ending. Um, literally, the two tools that have helped us 
as a family. Cause it, cause it, so, okay. And this is where I knew I would miss some stuff. I'm sorry. In the two weeks between those two post Nicaragua sleep paralysis experiences, there was one night where our then year and a half old daughter woke up screaming. So my instant thought is what had happened to me the week before. And I'm, I'm pissed. <laughs> so I race up the stairs and I get my daughter and my, my first instinct is to take her out of the room. And so I do, I go back up and start praying. I was like, if there's anything in this room that is not here in the name of Christ, you have no authority here. And you know, that whole like praying it out. And, um, so, and, and I'm sure you've probably seen or heard, probably even participated. Like there's, there's a prayer for protection. God protect me from whatever might be here. And then it's not even so much a prayer. It's like, get out. It's like a, you know, I do the prayer for protection. And as I start trying to expel whatever it is, I look to my right. And I mean, and it was so brief. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It was so brief. Part of, there's a small part of me that wonders if I just imagined it. Or if something standing at the head of her crib, it's about seven or eight feet tall, has a man-like shape, completely black, and it just disappears the moment I see it. So again, do I think there's a possibility there was something demonic in her? Absolutely. But there's also that small part of me, like it happens so fast. Um, I don't know. So I... In that moment, I'm convinced 100% that I saw something. And I, I am, this is because not a did. proud, yeah, this is not a proud <laughs> moment. I'm going right. to admit it. I left that room so fast. So yeah, I get downstairs God. and I'm trying to find the words to tell my wife. <laughs> I'm like, there is something in that room. You can feel it when you walk in the doorway. I think I might have seen something. My wife, remember, remember, when she, when we get baptized, she's the one that was like the example for me. She's like, okay. She hands me our daughter, <laughs> calmly and casually walks up the stairs. And from downstairs, I hear her going off. Like, you have no authority. Like, so men, let that be a lesson. Hey, <laughs> some, sometimes the women, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it worked. I mean, you know, yep. my daughter slept peacefully the rest of the night. What reminded me of that was after this, the more, intense sleep paralysis was one of the one of the tools that uh we were told was like you know um and i'm, I'm still to this day i'm not someone that can just pull scripture out of, out of my head um it's like you know um you know on occasion in your house you know read passages about the honor of god um if you feel this happening again like literally like in any room every room in your house physically put your hand on the wall pray for protection and then like, not, not in like an expelling kind of way, but just like speak the truth. Like, you know, the, this house and everyone in it belongs to Christ. Nothing, you know, nothing else has any power or say or hold here. Uh, we did that for a couple of weeks um, every night. Um, and then one of, it uh, wasn't even uh, the, the worship leader at the church was like, look, um, everyone kind of scoffs at me when I say this, but it also doesn't help like play some praise and worship music in your house. And for me, that hurt because I don't like praise and worship music. I really don't. <laughs> um, but 
his his reasoning is sound. It's like, look, even if you don't like it, praise and worship music, it's like the name of Jesus is being proclaimed in your house, even if when you're not there. Yes. And so to this day, to this day, my kids are uh, 16, 14, and 10. Um, we have a little playlist that we will play at night. And knock on wood. So that's, it's been, let's check my notes. Seven, seven or eight years since that happened. And nothing, nothing else has happened since then. Mm -hmm. um, and, and do I, you know, like, I mean, I know that's not like a, I know that's like a, it's not a guarantee that it won't ever happen again. But yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where to understand, like, especially for someone that was a non-believer, like there is hundred percent power in prayer. Yes. Um, demons do flee at the name of Jesus yes. uh, without a doubt. Um, and uh, yeah, that's um, is so far the end of the story. Uh, um, it's just, uh, it, it's weird because I guess in a roundabout way, it is part of my testimony, but it's not a part that I share often um, it's one of the reasons not trying to um, not trying to brown nose. It's one of the reasons why I love podcasts like yours. And there's a couple others I'm listening to that are kind of doing the same thing um, where these things do exist. Um, I, I don't know why American churches are so hesitant to touch on it. Traditionally, it's politics, sex, and for some reason, spiritual warfare. Um yeah. <laughs> It's, I don't know. Um, they are real. Um, if you are a Christ follower, you you have the authority to banish it. And I yes. think, regrettably, it took me all of that to understand it. And I think the reason it so so when you and I were kind of chatting back and forth in email, like there's part of me that's like, ah, do I really want to go through this? But right. uh, even if like one person listens to it, and it's like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, because I'm I'm experiencing some of this stuff. I didn't yeah. I didn't have stories like that because I grew up in a community and churches where, ooh, you don't uh, uh you don't talk about that. No, 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 no. Right. So, but. Man, so <clears throat> yeah, things definitely got intense, and I know, <laughs> looking back at the moment when that entity was over your crib, your baby's crib, looking back at it now, it's like, oh, was I just seeing things? But in the moment when it was so real, remember that moment. Because it, I, there's no doubt in my mind for you that that was 100% real, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the moment, and, and, and the thing that really solidified it for me was like walking into the room, even before I had any indication that I might see something. It was very similar to the feeling of walking around that corner in yeah. Nicaragua is yeah. you can, you can just feel darkness. Yeah. I've had that in this house several times where I've had to go through and cleanse the house. Like if I would pan this camera around, I got prayers thumbtacked <laughs> to the walls in this room um, yeah. because we have to, we've had a lot of attack doing this show probably brought on some of those attacks. Yeah. Um, but they're, there were things going on, you know, I, if you listen to my show the last few months or hear me on other shows, I talk about it more on other shows than I do on my own show, but there, 
there's been a lot of things go on that I've had to uh, step up my warfare game. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's also it, a, it's real, man. Yeah, and it's also a thing to me where uh, so early, early on, um, it, you know, after after becoming a Christian, um, we would have moments where you know our firstborn would wake up and. There's one moment that stands out in my mind where, because I mean, all kids always, you know, regardless, are going to wake up, bad dreams, whatever, just disoriented. I get that 100%. But when you go into your two-year-old's room and she's standing up in her bed and very specifically pointing to a corner, <laughs> like that that's something it. else. It's one of those things where I do, I do wonder if it's one of the, and I've heard paranormal stories about it and I'm trying not to go there, but like, how often are, are kids pointing at stuff and telling us stories about, oh yeah, it's the man that lives, you know, whatever. How much of that is legit? You know, right. I, I've always wondered that, but so, yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm going to ask you off air where <laughs> geographically in Virginia. Okay. I know where you're going with it. Uh, huh? <laughs> I think I know where you're going with it. Um, okay. And uh, the well, answer is going to probably please you, I think. Or scare you? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll we'll get into all that off off air, man. Okay. Um, let me write that down real quick so I don't forget. <laughs> but yeah, this uh, this stuff's real. You know, th there's been a, an entity seen in my house on the other side of this door, actually. Um, that was so tangible mm -hmm. that my wife reached out to grab it. Because oh, wow. like she was in the hallway and she felt something staring at her. She looks to her right and there's this blacker than black just in front of the door. Yeah. And, you know, much like apparently your wife, my wife don't play. So, so yeah, she, yeah. she Mama Bear, Mama Bear comes out. Yeah, she reached out. She was like, All right, if you're this year, I'm gonna snatch you up. <laughs> she reached out and it was just cold, man. Yeah. You know. And she's like, okay, I'm going to go downstairs and leave leave that alone. Yeah. But yeah, we've had to pray over this house so many times, dude. And not to make things worse or anything like that, but you might want to pray over your home after we get off the air. Oh, I already did that. But yeah, I'll do it after. <laughs> okay. Um, because it sucks. And I don't mean for it to happen, but a lot of times stuff kicks up, you know, when we, yeah. when we talk about it, um, especially certain topics. Uh, uh well this I, I pray all the time too for it so. that's the thing i go back to what my pastor said like the devil's not gonna kick at a tree that's not producing fruit like satan's perfectly happy if you're stagnant and just like whatever passing through the day without like once you're so like you and i have this conversation like if if and again like maybe it's being a little pretentious but you know if some kind of fruit comes out of it like if it gets one or two people wondering like you know all right Satan didn't enjoy that. So it's, and that's another thing too, is like convince it. It's weird. Like there are people in the church that no problem. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's a God and, and, you know, Jesus was risen from, from the grave three, three days after crucifixion. But like, for some reason it's hard to, oh, but Satan, we don't talk about that. Right. Like that's scary. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It's scary. Yeah, no, and, I I appreciate the opportunity to to tell it. Like I I can't remember if we talked about it before recording or during, but like it's this is only the second time I've told the entire thing. Um, so I truly really appreciate it. 
<laughs> I, I really appreciate it, man. And there, there's so much material here. Um, I'd also, I would love to read the article you did on Black Eyed Kids. I don't know that it's, I'll tell you the name of the publication off air. I don't even know. If yeah. still, this, this was 17, 18 years ago. Okay. It's been a while. Okay. Well, and nothing goes away on the internet. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll keep your secrets. Don't worry. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it off air. Uh, but yeah, is there anything else we need to go over, Barry, before we, uh, before we hop off here? I don't think so. Um, uh, maybe just to echo the, because I'm assuming there's a certain, um, there's a certain mindset of people that listen to your podcast. If you, it's okay to not understand. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to leave it alone. The, uh, the one of the, the UFO um, moments that I mentioned, um, it's just the weirdest thing. Like, I remember my my dad coming to the kitchen. Hey, guys, come out to the back porch and look at this. And we all just, we looked at it. Maybe it was close. It was like just barely above the treetops. It was not a plane. It was not a helicopter. It was, well, drones didn't even exist back then. Uh, it wasn't, right. wasn't a drone. This, this, it was sort of saucer shaped but not in the traditional way uh, a rim of white lights on the bottom and like a like a red ish light that kind of circled it and we just wow. looked at it and looked at it and it went away and we went back inside and like it's almost like it wasn't a big deal we were like okay whatever but yeah. months later i'm like oh my gosh what was that like it's still weird, but I know that if I, I focus too much on it, it's going to take me to a not good place, and I have to be okay with that. I have to be okay with not knowing, and I think a lot of people maybe choose choose the other route. Anyways. Yep, yep. I think you're right, and you know, uh, it's funny that you brought that up last, last minute here, because that's one of the two questions that I had lined out. I was oh, going to ask <laughs> about the UFO experiences, but yeah. I, I, I appreciate you, you know, give, giving us a little detail on that. Um, Man, I appreciate you coming on the show. I sure. may even break this one into a two-parter or uh, <laughs> Sorry. So, no, no, no. I love it. Okay. I love it because uh, it, it's just so good that I want this to last. You know what I mean? I, 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 I appreciate that. It, it's a, uh, I appreciate you. And I don't mean to like be like, oh, it's so good. You went through horrible things. That's not what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, it's just uh, to see the victory. Yeah. At the end, you know, yeah. it's like uh, talking about a scary movie. I watch, reluctantly, I watch more horror movies than I want to because my family loves them. Yeah. Um, but like when we watch the Conjuring series. Yeah. Nope. And, Hard pass. And Lorraine Warren. It used to be a hard no for me, but like, I keep seeing that Jesus wins in the end of every one of these movies. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm like, okay. Yeah. I, I know. I know. I, yeah. Hey, I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm not judging. But I, I judge me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I feel convicted about a lot. I, a lot of times. Sometimes I can watch it. It doesn't phase me. But other times I'm like, man, we just prayed over this house. Do you really want to bring this stuff in yeah. again? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, 
but yeah, I get it, man. Uh, I don't know. I'm, at, I'm just having a hard time hanging up, I think, but I appreciate you being <laughs> on here. No problem. Uh, I'm going to stop recording now and ask you a couple of real quick questions and I'll let you go. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. God bless. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want more content, if you want to submit your own story to be on the show, if you want to listen to past episodes, or if you want to donate to the show, you can do all of that through the bumppodcast.com. So just go there, um, explore the website, check it all out. If you want to sign up to be a member, it's super cheap. It's just $1.75 a week. You can cancel at any time. Get in on uh, all the, the new, latest, and greatest stuff we have going on. All right, so again, thanks for listening. I love you. God bless.
personally ready to submit your life to God and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The book of Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says it really simply that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. To be born again, to start a new life as a child of God, to join God's army, to rise up against the evil forces that you know are all around you. You don't have to do it alone. I love you. Jesus loves you. And may God bless you.
So if you're here Feeling lonely And your burdens You no longer can bear Just come on up to this altar and take it to the Lord in prayer. Come on up to this altar and fall down. Better days.